Welcome to VergeCast. My name is Foster Toft, and I'm excited to be with you here today. I have a really exciting episode that I've been talking about is I have in the house today a few worship leaders from all over Northwest Indiana and into Illinois. They love Jesus still in Illinois, but we're going to be talking about worship ministries and more specifically, how does worship music help grow your spiritual walk or hinder it? And this is a question that goes into student ministries, but also just across the all paths of ministry, rather. So today, I want to introduce to you, we have our very own Daniel Asher, who hey. is one of our lead worship leaders at uh, Bethel HP. And he's also one of the founding members and leaders of our Church Century Worship, that they have an album out you should go check out. And he has his own self-titled album that is coming out in a hit song, it's holding out, right? Is your new single that just came out, right? Yeah, uh, I think hit song is an overstatement. <laughs> it's very kind. But I, I just recently <laughs> checked it out. You almost have a hundred thousand listeners yeah, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, that is uh, YouTube. insane. Yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been really, really awesome. It's been a really cool, uh, really cool experience. So yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. I actually just woke up from my, uh, from my post worship Sunday nap. So. <laughs> And I recommend everyone, you worship so hard, you need to take a nap. <laughs> Works out great. And then we have at Faith Church just down yonder here, we have Caleb Dutton, who's the worship director and like leads arts and just kind of wears multiple hats over there. So Caleb Dutton, he also just had a song come out called If Only, which is going crazy. And do you want to give a little, just a few seconds, like spew on that and what you have going on over there? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, just glad to be here and excited about what you guys are doing with the Verge podcast. So happy to be here today. But uh, yeah, just uh, just excited to see how God is working during this time of of weirdness and craziness. I think we've used probably every adjective, uh, adjective and adverb that we possibly can to describe the situation. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Right, there you go. That's probably the best one, unprecedented times. But yeah, just uh, just felt like um, now is a really good time to put emphasis on reaching out and calling upon the Lord and just trying to imagine what life would be like if all of us would take the time to call out to the Lord and, and cry out to him during this time. And so that's what we did. But uh, yeah, very excited about um, what God is doing, not only um, through through this ministry, but through um, ministries such as Bethel and obviously out with, with Andrew as well. So yeah, just an exciting time to see how God is using these times to, to bring people together and to grow uh, his kingdom as well. Absolutely. And then we have Andrew Kastner. I went to seminary with Andrew. He is the worship pastor at Harvest Church, or just Harvest, at Harvest in uh, Oswego in Illinois. And he, you and your wife just did a Psalms. Like, you guys are writing Psalms into music. You guys just did that recently. Like, you can do that. And you just are, you're preaching over there. You're doing a worship culture over there. You have a lot of stuff going on over there, right? Yeah, it's been, it's been really crazy. Um, we all thought that this was going to be like downtime. You know, we're all staying home and, and doing our thing here, just chilling out. And it turns out that there's just so much more opportunity for ministry, especially in, in worship ministry, uh, because you have all this time on your hands. And obviously, you're trying to respond to what's happening in today's world. And as a musician and as a, a worship leader, you kind of feel that pull and that tug to take what you're thinking and what you're feeling and put it into a song um, that hopefully will just encourage other people, right? I mean, that's what, that's the whole point of music. And I'm sure that'll factor into what we we're talking today, just like taking 
um, the way that you understand something, the way that it speaks to you and, and putting it out there so that hopefully it connects and encourages and builds other people up. So exciting times for sure. Yeah. So you also just, this is a side thing before we really get into the conversation, you three have the unique challenge, especially in this time of like, you don't have a body people coming together in an auditorium. So you guys are leading, looking at a screen, but it feels like empty rooms a lot of time. And you are, normally you have people in front of you who you're trying to shepherd and to go before the throne of God and worship. But now you have a camera and then you're trying to speak it through a camera to people's living rooms to get them to move. And so you, you guys have just unique battles that you're just trying to go against the enemy there. Just worship ministry right now is a huge front lines battle, just getting families and people engaged in worship, even in these unprecedented times, <laughs> keywords there. But right from the get-go, I just want to get started here. So the topic we're talking about is kind of the baseline is how does worship music help grow your spiritual walk or hinder it? And to kind of kick up this conversation, I want to ask Andrew just to kind of one to three sentences, kind of define, how would you define worship before we really get into this topic? And this is, that's a hot button thing. I know it's like only one to three sentences, really. But like, and uh, Daniel, Caleb, after he talks, I want you guys to chime in. But Andrew, kicking off this conversation, how would you define like worship for us? Yeah, like you said, it's it's such a big topic. But I think um, even today, I had the opportunity of preaching. And, and of course, I preached on worship because, you know, that's what you expect the worship pastor to do, right? Um, and defining worship as um, ascribing worth to something or someone and so when we import that into our Christian mindset, the idea of worship is it encompasses anything and everything that we do. Because we're always worshiping, we were created to do so. We're always worshiping. And so music is just a slice of the pie, right? Worship is just so much bigger than that. And so it, it really is everything that we do. Um, but it depends on who and what we might be worshiping in that given moment in time. So how would you, uh, Daniel, how would you, um, yeah, to add or build on that? Like what, uh, like how else would you contribute to that? No, I would totally agree. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that was a, was a great, uh, great way of giving a, a very complex question, uh, a short answer. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, uh, what's the book by Bob Koff? Worship Matters, uh, where, I mean, he goes through and gives, you know, every definition out of the book. By the end of the, I think one of the first chapters, he basically just says, like, it's, it's adoring. Like, it's the process of, of, of giving adoration. Um, mm. So I think, I think what Andrew said was, was right on the nose. So with that, Caleb, I want to pass you here in a second, but this might be where a lot of our discussion kind of lands, where each of you in your own, you, each of you in your own unique ministries have to navigate your people that you're trying to shepherd. But um, I like how Andrew said, like, music is only like a slice of the pie right. of that. And you guys, like, you're trying to encapsulate the entire life of the person, but music is like only a slice of the pie. So based off that definition, based off that little just um, spiel on it, how does that, how does worship music then ref reflect or like cloud a student ministries, our students or a person's view of like, their spiritual walk how does it help them grow how does it affect it how does it have a negative effect on someone's life or a positive like in which ways have you seen it if that makes sense yeah i mean 
for for a lot of us, I mean, I, I know that you know, Daniel mentioned uh, Worship Matters, another book that I really loved um, to get through is How to Worship a King, <clears throat> which I believe, I, Daniel, I don't know if you've read that, but I believe Andrew's gone through that as well. And uh, that book is is phenomenal. And the first thing that I think in student ministry that it's important um, that the students that are a part of the ministry, that are leaders in the ministry, realize um, is something that he talks about pretty early in that book as well, um, is that we are um, we are priests, um, essentially. And what, what he says is, it's uh, right out of Exodus um, 19, Exodus 19. And it says, uh, um, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, um, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all that the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Um, these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And so I think it's important for us to realize that we've been given a role. Um, and that's not just the people on the three-foot stage on Sunday mornings. Um, that's not just the worship, or the worship leader or the youth leader or the small group leader, whatever it may be. Um, each individual, especially part of a youth ministry, has a role. And when we don't play that role, that's when things get muddy. And unfortunately, through muddy waters, it's very difficult to see what's going on. And uh, I think in youth, it can be very treacherous when you don't see um, everything that's happening. So as a, for worship in a youth group and for student ministry, um, it needs to have a, be a clarity of a role that God has, God has given you a job to do, and we got to take it seriously. So I have the privilege of leading the youth ministry at our church, and I don't, that's why I, I love having you guys here, because I don't know the answer to this. I think, um, like, I, don't, I would be lost if Daniel wasn't here to help me with navigating through these waters, but the <laughs> question of, like, so many students their entire spiritual life is built on. They only listen to worship music, like Elevation producing great stuff. They're like Hillsong producing great stuff. Bethel, they're, song, they're producing great music, but they only listen to that without picking up their Bibles, without really listening to the sermons. And they're, they're making that like their standard. And sometimes I think that there's like, okay, yes, listen to the music, but how, if you guys had just an open mic that you can just look at someone that says, this is how I want you to view worship music paired with God's word, paired with your overall spiritual life. Like, what would you say to this person? Like, if you could look at my students at Crown Point campus and other verge, other youth groups saying, this is how I want you to view worship music in light of everything else. Andrew, like, what would you say? Like, how would you sort of teach them through this? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would kind of try to help everybody understand maybe by asking them um, a question. When it comes to improving a relationship with any person in your life, um, do you rely only on one specific action in order to improve that relationship? So, for example, um, I don't know. I don't know, Daniel, if you're, if you're married or if you have somebody special in your life. Um, I know that Caleb and, and Foster and I are married. And so this becomes a little, a little more real when you look at your wife and you're trying to build a relationship with her, you know, from the get go, from the beginning stages of dating and getting to know each other. And let's say she says, you know, I really, I really love it when you give me flowers, right? Um, now what if, what if you said, okay, sweet, I know this one way to improve my relationship with her. And so every day thereafter, I make sure that I buy flowers. Is that going to create a successful relationship? Is that the only thing that's going to foster a good relationship between me and her? And, and the answer to that question is, is no, 
right? Like you can't, you can't just hold on to one thing and perpetuate it for the rest of eternity and hope that that's going to make a relationship great. And so likewise, worship music, it's just, it's just one aspect of our life of being disciples of Christ. And, you know, since we've been naming books in here, and I think that's important for students, especially to know what resources are out there, um, pick up a book called 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health. Because really what it talks about is 10, the 10 like actions of discipleship. And, and you'll find that music and meditation, which is really kind of what music serves a purpose for is to meditate on God's word. It's just one of the ways. I mean, look at Psalm chapter one. One of the things he says is to meditate on his word. But there's, there's just so much more that needs to be done. Otherwise, you find yourself with a really awkward and stale relationship with God if that's the only way that you're building that relationship. Hmm. I really like it that you said, because um, right there in males, it kind of just nails it on the money of like, someone says like the relation with God is dull. They're feeling like it's a dull thing, but that can go through it. They're only strictly just if they, if their entire relationship with God has no prayer or no praise, but all they do, they say, I read my Bible every right. day, but why is my relationship with God dull? It's like, because they're not well-rounded. They're not looking at saying, you we, why aren't you praying? Why aren't you like singing praise? Thing? Yeah, honestly, you could so, like, sorry to cut you off there. It's just, that is such a good point because it's, it would be the same thing as just reading your Bible every single day and nothing else, right? So to have anybody listening, that's like, oh, if you just read your Bible and pray every day, then you'll grow, grow, grow. We all sing that song, song. By the way. Great song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, but honestly, that doesn't <laughs> really consistently line up with God's word because, you know, what happens to serving, what happens to, all, you know, all these other ways that God commands us to worship him, dude, it's just no wonder you lead an unsatisfied relationship with God if you only do one thing, you're only enjoying one aspect of who he is. Yeah. Mm. Right. Because you're not, yeah, you're not doing, you're only being satisfied through one lane. And after a while, you're saying, like, well, I've tapped out of that. And you have nothing else to do. But so Dan, I want to ask you the question, Daniel, because as you guys have the privilege of having like really having to lead the art of discernment for your church of like what songs you sing and what songs you don't. And obviously, guys, you guys work with your campus pastors, the senior right. pastors, and sometimes they'll look at you and say, I want you to sing this song. And you're like okay <laughs> or vice versa or you say i want to sing this song and they're like okay and but i want you guys Dan, i want to ask you the question of like as you're teaching on worship this is this, this is a kind of multifaceted question but it's like discernment on what songs to listen to and how do you know it's a correct worship song like teaching those kids to have an ear for even because a lot of manipulation can happen of like bad doctrine and songs and um so how would you like instruct people through that of like even some artists that have like one song that's super accurate another song could be like eh like how do you navigate those waters and how do you like teach people that (laughs) uh i think with um man a lot of awe and reverence and and taking what we do really serious um and the the reality is that worship is literally singing theology over people 
Um, so that act, I think, is to be taken so serious. And I think some of the most dense theology is found in the Psalms. Um, the greatest explanation about the character of God is found in the Psalms um, and found in songs of worship. So we, we take it real serious, and that's probably some of the, <laughs> the uh, hardest conversations we've had um, is about psalm choices, and I think it should be. Mm. Um, I think that it should never, ever, ever point people to uh, um, a wrong viewpoint of God's nature, and I think worship should always talk about God's nature, so there's going to be a lot of varying views in that. Um, goodness, where do we, where do we land? Um, it's, 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 always, it's always a pretty, pretty dense conversation for us, um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out the, the best way of, uh, of saying how, how we choose music. Um, yeah. Well, maybe a different way I can ask it, it's you guys, this is then just tap into the world of being a worship leader. Right. You guys have the privilege of having probably today some of the most critics in your guys' like either to you guys is even like ability like say like if you're a little flat this week here's like cool like the preacher had a cold but you didn't complain that he was sniffling during his message but it's like you guys but then one aspect um to where i've even been a fault of this is maybe this is a better way to ask a question of like you have some songs that people say well that's a shallow song like you guys are singing songs that are shallow or you have songs that you guys should be singing like only romans chapter 9 and 11 is where you guys should get your songs from, and that's it. <laughs> so so let's, throw an, let's throw an example out there right now, Foster. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Andrew and, and Daniel, do y'all get any slack for reckless love? Yeah, we don't. We don't. We we yeah. We don't. We don't even go there. What do you mean? You don't sing it? Uh, yeah. That's. I mean, that that was probably the that was probably the last uh, uh, big worship tension dialogue that we had. Uh, was a reckless right. love. Not not because uh, I mean our worship pastor thought it was uh, the most heretical thing to say about God, um, but mainly because of what people might take from it. Um, and for us, it it kind of we, we've got to be really on the nose of what we say about God. And that was one of the ones where it's like I don't, I can't when if I can't one thousand percent stand behind the statement, then I don't think we can one thousand percent stand. Yeah, that being sure. said, that being said, I still sing that song. Yeah, I mean, I would say that if you have to, if you right. have to explain the song, this is just a rule of thumb that I go by. If I have to, if I have to walk up on stage thinking, how do I introduce this song so that people take it the right way, or how do I give a call to worship to like help people think the right way before we sing this song? At that point, obviously, the song doesn't stand on its own two feet. In the same way that it's like a sermon, right? We all expect preachers to get up there and give a proper representation of what God himself says right. in his word about X, Y, or Z thing, right? In, in the same manner, you know, I think, Daniel, you said this, um, as worship leaders, we have the same responsibility. We should, if you, if you don't impose that expectation on yourself as a worship leader or somebody in leadership, as soon as you open your mouth, Am I accurately representing what God says in his very word about X, Y, or Z thing? Gosh, I mean, right, right. get off the platform, right? Because 
you're you're abusing or at the very least you're just you're you're diminishing the responsibility and the privilege that it is to get up and say this is who god is or this is what god says or this is what god wants you to think about x y or z Mm. thing and that's that's kind of why i asked that because it's like fosters you kind of take this and and turn it to you know student ministry um that's why i think it's important um to make sure that there is no muddy water so for you know for bethel uh for you guys you know like daniel said that was kind of the last moment of tension and look if if it comes down to it um that you can't truly defend or you have to explain why we're talking like this and yeah don't do it you know Literally, there there are verses in the Bible that say, you know, if right. meat makes my brother to offend, I will not eat meat. If my right eye offends me, I will pluck. You know, we could go on and on and on about it. For us, we do use the song, and that's fine. But what I'm what I think is is encouraging for um, the kids that are listening to this, and especially leaders or kids that want to be leaders in student ministry, right. is that this is the kind of stuff that's going to happen. You know, I Daniel and I have worshipped together and and shared a stage together in front of hundreds of kids and loved every second of it. And Andrew and I literally are the, we used to be in a band together and the first concert we had had 400 people at it. So like we've done our fair share of stuff in front of people and had differences of opinions. I think even some of the songs that Andrew and I wrote together, Andrew's been like, Hey man, that's all you, we're going to move in a different direction. Right. And that's, what's going to happen everywhere. It's not just worship. It's not just a pastor. It's not just student ministry. But what I would encourage these kids to do as they try to solidify their relationship with the Lord is you can't get caught up in it. And you have to decide for yourself where your relationship with the Lord has taken you through worship. So for me, the word proskuneo, which is the, is the Greek word for worship in the Bible, it's mentioned like 60 times in the Bible. It literally means to fall on your knees before the Lord. Um, and that's the, the Greek word for worship, or Greek verb, excuse me, for worship. And to me, that resonates because like I could, if I'm, if I'm at Bethel and I'm in Daniel's leading worship, I have no problem on the front row dropping down to my knees in worship, right? But it's not the same for the next guy next to me. And that's in youth ministry. You have to be able, to, as a student, you have to be able to understand, I need my relationship with the Lord to be so very clear between me and God. That way I can grow based on the worship. And like Andrew said at the very beginning, it's not just when the guitars are playing and the drums are going. Right. It's in everything that we do. It's just got to be really, really clear. I think what you're touching on, Caleb, is like discernment is very valuable here. And you want to teach the students, you want to teach just believers discernment on how when they hear something, it's like, that's a more valuable thing. It's not like, it's not like I go somewhere saying, don't sing (laughs) reckless love. It says reckless. Rather, it's like, I want a student to have discernment to be able to look at something and be like Andrew said, hear it and being like, well, let me think about that. What does that mean? And then to go over what you said, Caleb, it's like, like, if one person out of faith, they can't do something. It's just like a person saying like, I am worshiping. Like this is a reckless love. This is the song, for example, it's like the guy, like if, again, how you define reckless, that's a different conversation. Some people are saying like, <laughs> yeah, we could take the whole podcast <laughs> on that topic right yeah. there. Probably. And I've heard explanations. I'm like, okay, like God, yeah, he's all for you. He's going after his love, but the people are just get hung up on a word. You're just like, okay, like this isn't for that, but it's like mm-hmm. what you want your people to do for, all around than being a believer it's you want them to have a sense of like i'm following the lord and i have discernment the choices i make 
And I've heard Andrew say that in the past too, asking him, like he wants his people yeah. filled with discernment. Filled yeah. with choice. I would say, I would say, you know, I think that I could probably get up and lead, you know, reckless love in front of our church. I haven't, but that's mainly because I think there's just other songs that communicate the same thing in a more clear way. That's, that's basically, I actually love singing the song. I have people audition for the worship team with this song because I think it's, it's good on a lot of different levels, but you know, you just do it because it's hard, <laughs> hard, really, really hard to sing. That's, well, that's what one you of do. the reasons, but um, you know, thinking through, thinking through exactly what scripture says about this, um, there are things that you do not need the spirit in order to yeah. discern, but spiritual things you need the spirit in order to help you discern them. So first of all, if you're a student listening to this podcast and you're wondering, how do I know what a good worship song is versus a bad one? Well, first of all, you're not going to know unless you have the spirit. So you have to have God living inside of you and have a personal relationship with God. But then the second test of discernment is you have to actually be willing to open up God's word and and look up the content of the song, the themes, or what, you know, what is this song saying? And then let me go see, well, what does, what does the Bible say for itself? I can't just trust that whatever author pens a song and puts it to music as beautiful and creative as it might sound, that doesn't make it a good song. And so music, because music yeah, can be so appealing, yeah. it's like, um, you know, I, I actually, I really love listening to secular music, right? But mainly I listen to it because of the creativity, just the musicality of it. So obviously even I, as a worship pastor, I'm drawn to that, right? So every single student in your ministry probably listens to a whole bunch of different music, not just oh, worship He's music. Like yeah, oh, right, because it's super creative. But when it comes to uh, worship music, I would say at that point, it's kind of a different, it, it goes through a different filter. It's both, it's both creativity, but it's primarily content what is it saying and if you're not willing to to go into god's word and like find out does this actually line up with god's word well let me tell you like stick to your secular music don't listen to worship music unless you're willing to do that honestly yeah because we all know that secular music isn't talking about god so i'm not getting a false representation of god from that i'm getting a whole bunch of other nonsense probably but at least it's not confusing me about who God is and what he says. But if you're going to step into the realm of worship music, which you absolutely should, you have to be willing to pick up your headphones and pick up your Bible at the same right. time. Which thing, go, go ahead, have, Caleb, you finish your, sorry. I just, yeah, just to finish that, like I have this little saying that I say to a couple of my friends uh, that maybe they'll shoot me a song or whatever, like, this song, I don't know what you guys, have, like, I love All Sons and Daughters. They got some great stuff. But this song, Burn the Ships by All Sons and Daughters, like, everybody and their mother is asking me to do it on a Sunday. And I'm just like, okay, I don't <laughs> even know that that's really a worship song, but okay. And that's what I, I came up with this little phrase that I've told a couple people. Don't right. trust trending. Don't trust something just because it's trending. And just to flash back to this book, um, How to Worship a King, Uh, Here's this this, uh, little line in there. He says, there are lions wrong among us, ravaging the weak and the innocent. Um, As a predator hunts under the cover of darkness, make sure that you are carrying the light of the world at all times, living in the presence of the living God, because we can still do things to bless this twisted world. And I think that's just so true. 
because we we just we see it right like we see oh top top 10 songs and we click on the genre you know and we're like oh top five like okay well it's just supposed to be good no you gotta like Andrew said you gotta go deeper and I think that's really Old Town Road was number one let that sink in let that sink in Old Town Road was the number one song in America that's how far we've fallen it's all right yeah all right we have just a, a couple more minutes left, but Daniel, I want you to um, concluding thoughts, like with this, just words of encouragement, like people, students, people who listen to this, like when it comes to worship music, their just spiritual walk, how would you encourage them of just like, when it comes to them walking with Christ, with their Bibles, with the music they listen to and the prayer, like, what do you yeah, want to Yeah, I really say? enjoyed what Andrew said um, about taking up your Bible as well. Cause I think probably the most important thing about worship music um, that it's talking about God and uh, you have to know the God that you're singing about. Um, that is so that is so critical because in all in all honesty, you can worship the wrong God. <laughs> you can worship the God that you create out of experience, out of um, whatever emotive God that you conjure up in your head. You can worship that God, but you might not be worshiping the God of Scripture. So probably my biggest encouragement um, is to know know the God that you're you're giving adoration towards. Um, which then makes it right. so much more personal and it, it also makes you uh, think about the lyrics that you sing with I don't know just a lot more care like okay do I believe this 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 and this about God to be true okay am I comfortable with singing that am I gonna you know pledge my life on that um, I think that'll probably be my my starting point um, if I'm if I'm new to worship music entirely mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys doing this, and uh, we can talk more and more. I might have a part two of this down the road because I know students in this culture will absolutely love it. But um, I want to thank you guys for being here. And um, this is uh, Daniel Asher, Andrew Kastner, and Caleb Dutton. Go look up their songs, look up what they're doing on YouTube, look up their services, listen in. It's amazing. And uh, this is VergeCast. Thank you for tuning in this week, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>